Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our Gospel reading from John 15 with an emphasis on these words. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. In 2004, I was attending the National Youth Gathering during the summer of my senior year in high school. And while there, I was introduced to the work of, of all things, an artist whose paintings I, I found exceptionally inspiring. What was so interesting about this artist is that each and every painting he created had at its focal point an image of Jesus. But the way in which he created these paintings was different and unique each and every time. And he used this process of painting in order to convey a biblical story. This process would often start out in very broad strokes. He would paint the image of a great chasm, for instance, which is covered over then with the Im image of an empty tomb. At last, with a few simple brush strokes, he might morph the image somehow into a picture of Christ himself. And the audience would then be left in awe at the recognition of how this story, which he told with simple paint, reveals Christ to them in the most unexpected of ways. In fact, if any of you have ever seen this man who calls himself simply the Jesus Painter, then you can likely attest personally to how impressive this movement really is. And friends, I tell you this morning that in very much the same way, our lives are all canvases that God uses to paint his picture of salvation in Christ Jesus. The medium by which he shows this splendid image of salvation is our works, our actions. We are taught in the Lutheran Church that our works are not our own, but they are the doings of the Holy Spirit. These good works, these doings of the Spirit, accumulate in our lives each and every day that we draw breath until, at last, we make a visible image, a stamp over our existence, which is the image of Christ himself. It is as though we are being swallowed up in his righteousness until all that remains of us is the face of our Lord, laid bare for the whole world to see. This, I pose to you today, is what our Lord was speaking of when he taught his disciples in the 15th chapter of St. John's Gospel. Here in this text, he elaborates fully on what it means to be his Friend, for that is the word that he uses, friend. A friend of Christ, according to the Christ, is someone who does what he commands of them. Now, perhaps upon hearing this, like me, you might have had a few unpleasant memories of that schoolyard bully who promised to be your best friend and to stop tormenting you if you would only debase yourself and do whatever he said for his amusement. This, of course, is not the way that Christ commands us. 
Rather, Christ calls us his friends and he invites us to abide in his love, which, of course, means necessarily living in a different way than the world outside of his church lives. There's an old saying that many of you can promptly recite with with very little coaching. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Christ, who desired that we be friends of God, saw us in our need while we were still indeed enemies of God, and he came down from his throne of righteousness to address our need. He saw us doomed to our sin, he saw us dead in our trespasses, and he who did not know death entered into death for our sake, and so he proved himself to be our friend, not by our actions, but by his actions, his sacrifice. Greater love, says Jesus, has no one than this, that someone should lay down his life for his friends. These words he spoke in reference to his own suffering and death on Calvary's cross, for the sake of sinners, for the sake of fair-weather friends like us, who followed him for bread, who cried out Hosanna on Palm Sunday, and who then on Good Friday delivered him over to be tortured and killed. As such, we cannot other utter the words of Jesus without calling to mind the words of St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 8, where he says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, not friends, but sinners, Christ died for us. This, Jesus says, is the greatest kind of love there is, that he, our very Lord and God, would lay down his life for friends. But those friends we see were but sinners, friends who begrudged his friendship, who betrayed him and murdered him. We might ask ourselves, boy, with friends like these, who needs enemies? And yet, by that love, by that act of sacrifice, by the absolution which was spoken from Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ changes us by the very removal of sin from our person. As he said last week in the beginning of our John 15 reading, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Though your deeds would say otherwise, your God has called you clean because his Son bore the guilt and shame of your sin on himself, and so he died the death which is rightfully yours. The Father calls you clean by this sacrifice, and now the Son calls you friend. And so you are. You are not what you once were, but you are a friend indeed. And so Jesus gives you an alternative to the sin which once condemns you, which once condemned you. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy, may be full. 
Rightly read, we may summarize this passage in this way. Love like Jesus, and you will know the joy of Jesus. This is not to say, however, that Jesus will cease to love you when your love inevitably falls short, but that in practicing that kind of godly, self-sacrificing love, the love of Christ becomes more and more pronounced in you through your Christian living. As it does so, well, guess what happens? You begin to see that love of Christ shown daily to you. For you have been trained, you have been conditioned to see it at work for your benefit and for the benefit of your neighbor. This, the Christian calls the process of sanctification. The Father calls you clean, the Son calls you friend, and the Holy Spirit calls you righteous. That is, he moves your living in the light of Christ's love until you are, like those beautiful paintings that we talked about, swallowed up in the very image of your Lord and Savior. In this way, the word and commands of God we see are active. They have a visible, tangible effect on those who abide in them. I chose you, says Jesus, and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. You see, your Lord has picked you out for a very specific plan and purpose. Your life is his canvas, and by the brush brush strokes of his spirit, his word, and his commands, he creates this beautiful tapestry in you for the whole world to see. He paints the picture that you are his, and that he is yours. And so by your words and actions, you may go out and bear fruit for him. I want you to take a moment today, dear brothers and sisters, to examine yourselves, to discern in what ways your God has moved and continues to move you to bear fruit for him. Consider where he might be moving you now, planting you, growing you, to abide and to bear fruit. For instance, is there a neighbor in need that you know of, someone who you might befriend this day and show compassion? Is there a work, a task, a mission, a ministry which needs done in your neighborhood or your community? Are there opportunities in this congregation among these brothers and sisters in Christ to whom you are called to serve? For you see, the question is not if God is calling you, but the question is where your God is calling you to go and to bear fruit. These things, Jesus concludes, I commanded you so that you will love one another. If this is his command, then for goodness sakes, dear friends, let's actually do it. Let's love one another. Let's do what his love commands that we lay down our life for our friends. For Christ has first loved us, and it is in his love that we now live. He has forgiven us. He has called us to abide in his love. More than that, he has called us his friends. And he has given us to befriend the friendless and to preach good news to the hopeless. 
Let us follow this command and so go out to bear fruit for our Lord, our Savior, our friend who pulled us out of our need and into his everlasting kingdom. Our friend indeed. Amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus, our Lord and our friend, unto life everlasting. Amen.